solo mente. You are Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And we are back, ladies and gentlemen, with this Thursday installment of Locked On Texans, the daily podcast covering your favorite football team in the Houston Texans every single day here on the Locked On Podcast Network. And as always, I'm your host, Texans reporter for ESPN Houston and USA Today, Texans Wire, Cody Davis, along with my partner in crime. And John, today is draft day. Absolutely, man. John, some sports guy Hickman here. Happy to discuss not even the draft, I guess, because we really don't have much to be excited for unless a potential trade for the Houston Texans and Deshaun Watson where they jump up into the first round. But other than that, Thursday is another another normal day for us. Like, we're going to coup. Unfortunately. <laughs> All right, we're going to continue our Texas top 10 uh, drafted players in the history of their franchise, look at the rumors swirling around the league, which we've known about this for a while, that there was, you know, eight potential teams that the Texans were starting a quote-unquote bidding war uh, to get Deshaun Watson. And at that time, it did bite them in the ass. And so it's kind of coming back around a little bit. However, there is a chance, I believe, you know, Cody calls me crazy for this, but I believe there's still a chance that the Houston Texans can still – Move on from Deshaun Watson, not necessarily today in the draft, but before the uh, June 5th deadline uh, to move on from him. And so I still look at teams like Miami, like San Francisco. Can't wait to discuss that. Those are the two teams that I believe could use a right now ready quarterback and could take their team to the next level. Miami has a great defense, great running game, great receiving core. We're fullest down there. I don't believe Will Fuller went to Miami originally without thinking that his boy was going to follow afterwards. So uh, that's what we are for today's show. Let's get started. We haven't heard any updates from Deshaun Watson's legal issues for about a week now. And the possibility of his team led by Rusty Harden and, um, and Tony Busby, the possibility of those two coming together, and they're friends, by the way, but getting together for a settlement behind closed doors, and I'm and I'm okay with that being behind closed doors simply because at this point, we're about a month and a half from when this news originally dropped, and we still haven't had a lot of interesting facts or just facts, period, to come out. And at this point, with the draft today, with the NFL season, because once the draft starts, then you have OTAs that are followed. Then you have mini camps and rookie mini camps. And the teams are going to start manufacturing the roster that they want to start the year off with. And then from there, they'll make their cuts. But now it's starting to get back around to football. And for the Houston Texans, it hadn't been about football for a very long time. It's been about a new GM, been about a new head coach, a new coaching staff. But what's going to happen on the field Outside of the free agent signings, it hasn't really been about football. There's been a lot of Jack Easterby talk. There's been a lot of David Cully, is he or is he not type of talk. Then there's been a lot of Deshaun Watson talk. 
How could he do this? Why would he do this? Is this real? So on and so forth, not to go too deep into it. So now that football is about to start and it's more important than anything else, I'm not surprised that we're not hearing anything about this civil suit right now. I'm not surprised at all. I wouldn't be surprised if in the future we've learned that these cases were settled out of court. I wouldn't be surprised. And more importantly, I wouldn't be surprised nor shocked if we find out that one of the teams out of Miami or San Francisco are actually drafting for the Houston Texans at some point in their best interest. And I say that because with those eight teams that were interested, which included Philly at one point, Denver, but Denver now has Teddy Bridgewater. They traded a six-round pick for him. Uh, Philly, I don't think it's in the running anymore. Potentially, the only two teams that make sense to me right now, even when we look at Carolina, they got Sam Darnold and then shipped out Teddy to Denver. So they're not looking for a quarterback. But right now, San Fran and Miami are the only two teams that I believe have a real shot. And look at their draft capital in this year's draft. Look at how San Francisco moved up to number four. And by the way, if they don't make a move for Deshaun Watson at any point, please stop buying the Mac Jones talk. You don't trade up and give up what they gave up for Mac Jones. And I like Mac Jones, but Justin Fields is the guy. And then you look at Miami, still has a young quarterback that will partner well with a good coaching staff and a quarterback coach, Pep Hamilton, David Culley is your head coach. Look at all of the great position coaches that they have around that can really utilize what he can do good and put good pieces around him in the next couple of years. So they get my, my Miami will give up to a tug of lower at one point. And of course they would draft players for the Houston Texans uh, and ship them back over to Houston. And if they get this done, if a trade potentially happens before the June 5th deadline, then Houston would have roughly believe, four to $6 million in dead money that they'd have to eat. But then they'll be able to move on from Deshaun Watson, have life after Deshaun, which we talked about yesterday, and get the pieces that they want. It's actually a win-win for both parties. And I say that because I really tried to find recent news on Deshaun's situation. Can't find it. And it does remind me a little bit of the Ben Roethlisberger uh, cases from a few years ago. Now, Ben Roethlisberger cases was not as high as 22 victims. However, was settled out of court and was able to continue his career which is why the Pittsburgh Steelers are in the position they're in right now. They never found a contingency plan at quarterback. I mean, Mason Rudolph isn't good. We know that. But it's very possible that a settlement is in the works right now. They're just working out numbers. And with the draft starting later today, one thing we always have to remember is the NFL, what matters first is football. Not what goes on outside in, in your reality, your everyday life as a player. But if they can make a way for their best player or one of the best players in the league to play, we have examples of that all the time. Antonio Brown just got a second contract with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and look how he acted a year and a half ago. We've seen countless times where players have committed all kind of crazy uh, crimes and acts, and they're still able to play in the league. So if they're able to get this quarterback at 25 years old, just led the league in passing, had an MVP caliber year, 
if it wasn't for that four and twelve record, teams will willingly say, "Hey, you know what? We can forgive them." And this is why it's in the Texans' best interest to hold on to Deshaun Watson for another year. Because, yes, the number of teams who are on that list, when you take a look at the moves that they have made over the past month or so, it does indicate that nearly every single one of these teams have moved on from Deshaun Watson. However, with that being said, if a number of their plans do not work out, let's say, for example, the New York Jets, let's say tonight they end up taking Zach Wilson. If Zach Wilson doesn't pan out like the Jets hope so, they could find themselves back in the running for Deshaun Watson next offseason. And the same can be said for the Denver Broncos, who had just acquired Teddy Bridgewater on yesterday. There are still going to be a handful of teams who will re-enter their name in the Deshaun Watson sweepstakes come next offseason. And that is going to be best case scenario for the Texans because hopefully by then, this unfortunate situation that Deshaun Watson finds himself in will be put behind him and the Texans will have the opportunity to get a similar package or come close to the value that they would have gotten for Deshaun Watson if they would have moved on from him prior to these allegations coming out. John and listeners, a number of these teams still have the flexibility to make a move for Deshaun Watson, especially if they are able to wait next offseason, i.e. you take a look at the Miami Dolphins, who, if I'm not mistaken, they have 13 picks in the first three rounds over the next three years. That is something that's going to get the attention of the Houston Texans next year year and speaking of the dolphins john and listeners i just said this if i'm not mistaken on tuesday's installment of locked on texans i spoke to a source and he told me that the dolphins are committed to tool for at least this season that lets me know if things does not work out between Tua and the Dolphins this season, they will look at the possibility of moving on from him. And I'm pretty sure nine times out of 10, the top target for Miami is going to be Deshaun Watson. With every increasing number of makes like Fiat, Kia, and models like Pacifica and XT5, it is now impossible to stock all of your parts you need in a traditional chain storefront. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidated questioning and wait while the counterman orders the parts on his computer, choosing only the brand his warehouse happens to carry? Come on, guys, we can do better than that. You have computers with access to rockauto.com at your home and in your pocket. One reason to repair and maintain your car is to save money that you can use for other important things like mortgage or food. Why would you choose to spend 30, 50 or even 100 percent more for the exact same auto parts at a chain store or new car dealership? For example, the Delphi FG 1456 fuel pump assembly for a 2005 through 2010 Honda Odyssey cost three hundred fifty three. 99 at advance a big chain store but it only costs 216.79 at rockauto.com chain stores have a different price tiering for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers rockauto.com prices are the same for everybody and are reliably low rockauto.com always offers the lowest prices available rather than the changing prices based on what the market will bear like airlines do rockauto.com is for everybody and it does not require a membership or account login go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck 
right locked on in their how do you hear about us box so they know we sent you amazing selection reliably low prices all the parts your car will ever need rockauto.com tonight ladies and gentlemen tonight the big night outside of the houston texans but the locked on podcast network is partnering with the draft network to cover the nfl draft live get insight and analysis from locked on local experts and the Draft Network's national experts. Subscribe to the Locked On NFL YouTube page to watch a live three-day coverage of the NFL Draft April 29th tonight all the way through May 1st. And as for Cody and I, we will be covering the draft from day two all the way through the ending of the draft to see who the Texans pick first and if they will still, even what we just talked about, look to address the quarterback position in the draft. And continuing with this Thursday installment of Locked On Texans, John and I are going to look at positions the Texans can forego in this year's NFL Draft. And for me, John and listeners, I will have to say tight end. As a matter of fact, Nick Casario better not waste neither one of the Texans' eight draft selections and picking up another tight end. Unless <laughs> this organization gets lucky and they are able to draft Kyle Pitts. However, I am pretty sure the best tight end in this draft and one of the best draft prospects coming out of this year's class is not going to find himself in a situation where he's going to fall at number pick 67 for the Houston Texans. However, with that being said, when you look at what the Texans have entering the 2021 season, this is a team who has a total of six tight ends headlined by Jordan Aikens. And despite the number of tight ends that the Texans are working with, I am pretty confident in saying that Aikens is still going to be the Texans starter and he is still going to to be their primary option at the position. Last year, Jordan Aikens fell 15 yards shy of recording a career best in receiving yards as he recorded 403 receiving yards on 37 receptions. And if it wasn't for that ankle injury that he sustained during the Texans week four loss against the Minnesota Vikings, I am pretty sure Aikens could have found himself in a position where he could have been in consideration for being one of the league's most valuable tight ends during the first four weeks of the regular season. This is a guy who had recorded 168 yards while catching 14 out of his first 15 targets. And even when you look at beyond what Jordan Aikens is going to give this organization moving forward, this team still has a number of talents at the position. Let's take a look at Farrell Brown. John, this is your guy who has solidified himself as the number two option at tight end. Not only was he a key member to Houston's passing game last season, but he was also a great addition to the Texans in their blocking as he received a 79.7 pass blocking grade and a a 75.7 run blocking grade according to pro football focus despite the number of changes that took place with this organization we can book it that jordan akins and Farrell brown will still receive the majority of the snaps at this position and by the way guys we still haven't got to the other guys at the position like a Haley wearing and ryan Izzo. two guys if given the opportunity they are going to be able to showcase what they can do for the houston texans at this position yeah pharaoh is my guy i think pharaoh can be good for houston this year i don't think he has a you know i don't think houston and pharaoh has a long-term relationship 
So let's see what Farrell Brown can do in back-to-back years and understand this, that he will be going from catching passes from Deshaun Watson to catching passes to whoever's in the, in the backfield as quarterback. But you mentioned the tight end, which is a very good, you know, a very good group to look at, but I'm looking at the backfield. And before we signed here in Houston, Mark Ingram and Philip Lindsay more so, I was big on a late round draft between the fifth and sixth round of getting Chubbett Hubbard out of Oklahoma State. But now when you look at Philip Lindsay, what is Philip Lindsay? 26 years old. He's still a young back in this league. Hasn't hit 30 yet. Hasn't hit 28. You know, 28 and 30 is normally when the backs fall off in the NFL. So he's 26 right now. Turns 27 in July. He still will have a couple more years left and maybe a little bit more because of how much sharing time of, of, of in the backfield that he split with Mark Melvin Ingram and the, the amount of carries that he hasn't had in the league. So I think Houston got him at a good price on a one-year deal. I like Philip Lindsay to start the year off at running back, but overall, Philip Lindsay, David Johnson, and Mark Ingram, also Buddy Howison on the roster. They don't need to make this one of those bring another guy in to compete positions, groups. You have guys. You have a guy, despite what we saw between the first half of the year, David Johnson, to your point earlier in the in the year, Cody, David Johnson finished the year off pretty strong in those last three games, right? You have a guy in Philip Lindsay who rushed for 1,000 yards twice in the league, uh, failed to hit 1,000 last year, only had 502 yards at the backfield with Melvin Ingram, Melvin Gordon, rather, but he still rushed for 4.3 yards per carry, right? At 27, when the season starts, a guy that you want in your backfield can do a multitude of a couple of things. And then Mark Ingram, right? Whatever you want out of Mark Ingram, whether it's mentoring, whether it's actually winning on short yardage downs, Mark Ingram can do it all. Uh, I'm not sure how much he can produce this late in his career, but it's still good to have him, David Johnson, and Philip Lindsay in his backfield. Don't need to make it more confusing. So, yeah, I definitely think, for me, the running back position is a group that you can leave along in this draft. And uh, even with the linebacker position, and I think it's I think it's very interesting a little bit because the chances of Houston drafting a linebacker is still pretty high, but they would probably draft a three four linebacker and convert that linebacker over to a defensive end because I've seen a lot of mock drafts that have Quincy Roche going to Houston which is all fine and dandy. He's an outside linebacker, but he would not play outside linebacker for the Houston Texans. He played defensive end. So, like, I, I can see them drafting one of those three, four linebackers, athletic, long, known to get out to the quarterback, but they would be converted over to defensive end. Before we move along, I got to ask you, Cody, the listeners out there, did you guys see that Floyd Mayweather and is it Logan Paul, Jake Paul. <laughs> yeah, I saw that. One of them, they got the fight done. Uh huh. Yeah. It's so the fight itself, I'm not excited about at all. Because like, it's foolishness. I, I don't want to see Floyd Mayweather fight anymore, <laughs> period. I don't give a damn who he's fighting. However, the amount of money that you could make off that fight, if you put $50 on Jake Paul, you win $450. Like, that's how high of an odd it is right now for for Paul 
if he won that fight. And I'm thinking about doing it. And, you know, I'm sorry. Uh, and the reason why I know this is because I went on betterline.ag, checked it out, made me an account. I'm definitely going to use that promo code locked on to get that 50% welcome bonus. You should too. Let's all make some extra money. What's $50? What's $50? You know, make that and more on betonline.ag, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and of course, all of your UFC and MMA action. Don't sit on the sideline anymore. This is your chance to get in the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs and much more. Bet Online is your online sportsbook experts. And don't forget to use promo code locked on. Again, promo code L O C K E D O N. Get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski updates you with the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts. And as we close out this Thursday installment of Locked On Texans, John and I are closing in on who is the top draft selection in franchise history. Now, ladies and gentlemen, these last three is very, very easy. And if you don't know who these last three are, you are not a true Texan fan. However, we're not going to talk about number one today. We're going to save him for tomorrow's show. We're going to actually take a look at number three and number two on today's list. Coming in at number three, the second greatest receiver in franchise history, DeAndre Hopkins. Coming in at number two, <laughs> the best receiver in Texans history, Andre Johnson. John, what can you say about both of these players? And before I give the floor back over to you, let me just say, can we just take a moment and appreciate the fact that over the last, what, 10 years, the Houston Texans arguably had the top receiver in the league on their side. And it's just so unfortunate that they don't even have a AFC championship appearance to show for it. Yeah, man. I, I look at two, three, one, all, all of these guys, <laughs> but mainly the top five, top six. Top five. Let's just say top, top five. five. You know how I feel about six. Uh-uh. I, I, I. That should have been vision, but we, we saved that. Well, yeah, let's say top five. The thing that makes it in the top five is, just like you said, they were the best at their position, The, if not the number one, the best at their position in the league. And one of them still is. And it, right. You know? So <laughs> it's just, as I mentioned yesterday before closing, it sucks that in Houston's jersey, We've seen what Dwayne Brown has done for Seattle. Even with Seattle's offensive line being as bad as it is, when they added Dwayne Brown, it went from, oh, my gosh, this is unwatchable to, hmm, at least Dwayne Brown is there. Um, and Andre DeAndre Hopkins, we don't know what he's going to do in Arizona this year as well. But what I'm getting at is, the great players that Houston drafted never really had a real shot at a Super Bowl, never made it to a conference game. And I mean, DeAndre Hopkins, man, a hundred and something catches and no drops. 
targets and no drops. And had a, and it was called back, but had a between the legs catch. Andre Johnson, the probably the most humble superstar I've ever witnessed play the game of football. Um, him and Larry Fitzgerald. And Larry Fitzgerald is literally like, you can make your case. He's a top three receiver of all time, maybe top four. I have Jerry Rice, Randy Moss, and T.O., and then Larry Fitzgerald right there. But Andre Johnson is one of those freak nature athletes that made plays no matter who was throwing him the ball, right? It says Rosenfield one Sunday, Matt Shaw one Sunday, David Carr one Sunday, uh, T.J. Yates one Sunday. Made plays even when he wanted to beat his own quarterback up on the sideline. This is just who Andre Johnson was, man. An even better person off the field. So between those two receivers, uh, one had D4, the other one didn't, and still was not able to capitalize on an AFC conference game. Really quick before closing out the show and just, you know, having a little fun with this conversation, who would you say was the best out of these two? To me, I will say, I will say Andre Johnson but I do believe DeAndre Hopkins was the more more talented receiver. Let me tell you something. The the, the catches that we saw D-Hop make, I'm not going to say Andre Johnson could not have made them, but come on, man. The man caught the ball between his legs. DeAndre Andre Johnson caught the ball between two receivers over one. I mean, look, look, no D, D-Hop just did the same thing, though. No he wasn't in what, the Texan jersey. D-Hop just did the same thing, though. No matter what DeAndre Hopkins does in his career, he never beat up Courtney Finnegan. <laughs> no matter what. You know how cold that was to beat up Courtney Finnegan, get in a standing ovation, and did not get fined? And went to the Rockets game Rockets after. Game. Come, on. <laughs> Come on, man. This is Locked On Texans, guys. The draft, I can't even say the draft edition because we ain't even drafting today. But at some point, we will be drafting. And, you know, Cody and I, you guys at home, in the car, wherever you are, we are still excited to see how Houston starts their draft all this year in the third round. Follow us on Twitter at Locked On Texans. Like us on Facebook. Tweet us, guys, you like in this draft at 67. And I know it's pretty difficult to start your draft in the third round. And you have 66 players that you may like potentially selected before 67. But any guy that you like um, around that third round, potentially that'll be there, tweet us. Let us know how you feel. And as always, I'm your host, Cody Davis. Please remember to follow me on Twitter at Cody Davis underscore 24. Once again, that's Cody, C-O-T-Y-D-A-V-I-S underscore 24. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, peace. You are Locked On Texans, your daily podcast on the Houston Texans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.